Our scripture this morning is from Matthew 13, verses 1 through 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. <clears throat> Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown in good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Jesus seems to like small things, seeds. Tells the story of a sower scattering seeds. And in fact, it's a um, spirituality of imperfection, a spirituality of the small being significant. He talks about seeds falling on, on different terrain. Some of it falls on rocky soil. The birds pluck it up. 
And he says, this is really about the seeds of love that God sows in people. And then they have no depth. They have no soil. And the birds just come and eat it. And the, the faith and the love is somewhat lost. Some seed falls among uh, thorny ground and it's choked. And Jesus says it's choked because people have loved money too much. They've bought into the false self of looking good and feeling good and the seeds don't grow. Uh, Three quarters of the seeds that are sown in this parable don't grow. I was reflecting with some of the staff at RISE this week about this passage. We were sitting at breakfast and talking about this and one person on the staff said, yeah, but the bird benefits. True, the bird comes and eats the seed and grows. So even the lost seed that doesn't grow is benefited by another creature. There it is, the image of death and resurrection, right? That seed dies but brings life to the bird. Even the seed that grows has to die. The seed dies and bears fruit. There it is, the paschal mystery, death and resurrection, death and resurrection. God always bringing new life. But three quarters of the seeds that are sown don't grow. But God keeps sowing seeds nonetheless, trusting that even the seeds in us that don't grow, God continues to sow and bless with abundance. Someone who I know that's in, in business said, a 25% return is actually pretty good. <laughs> Jesus seems to be pointing to this invitation to grow deeper, to not just get caught up in a, a quick burst of faith, a mountaintop experience, but to sink roots that are deeper, that can withstand the storms that can withstand the difficult times, that can withstand the troubles of life. And we followers of Jesus know there are many ways that we can sink roots deeper into the soil of God's grace through reading scripture, through coming to worship regularly and being reminded that we're the beloved of God, being reminded that we're called into this, this flow of God's love. We grow deeper with our root system, if you will, when we're in community together. And community may take more than just Sunday morning. Sunday morning may not be enough. In fact, it's not enough. It's not enough. Rise people, you know what it is to be in community for a week. <laughs> Sun up to sundown. Being in a gym floor with People who snore and make noises in the night. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at anybody because I was probably one of the snorers. You, you know that community is more than just showing up and looking pretty on Sunday morning. It's having breakfast together when you're not in the mood to talk. It's getting down and dirty in the mud and getting under a trailer to work on plumbing. <laughs> Ministry is messy. 
Community is hard work. Every one of us this week had at least some moment where we had had our fill of community. <laughs> where it was just too hard and we needed some space to, to breathe and not have to make conversation or even be kind. That kind of community is what Jesus says helps sink us deeper into our faith. The kind of community that is with one another long enough where we have to forgive one another for not thinking the way we do. Any of you uh, put together stairs? Anybody put together some platforms? Some decking? How many ideas did we hear on the work site that were not our idea of putting something together? And we had to kind of cut each other some slack and forgive one another for not seeing this project the way we see it. That kind of Christian community helps sink our roots deeper where we don't have to be right. You know Jesus never told us we have to be right. Jesus did tell us you have to be loving and you have to be forgiving. That kind of community helps sink deep roots. I was visiting someone in the hospital a few weeks ago. And this person had um, all sorts of things just breaking down in her body. And, um, and she knew it. She, her doctors knew it. She was in this quandary of if, if one doctor's recommendation is this, that affects another doctor's recommendation. And the balance of her body was not allowing treatment. And she felt like she was just breaking down. Her mind was fine. Her spirit was better than fine. And in conversation, it became very clear. She has followed Jesus all her life. She has been a person of prayer all her adult life. And it was her praying that was getting her through this crisis. She had deep, a deep root system. She was facing crisis unafraid even though her body was breaking down at that time. That's the kind of faithfulness that this parable of the sower is pointing to. If we can practice following Jesus, if we can practice being people of prayer, if we can practice being people who serve our neighbors, if we can practice being in the flow of God's love, then when we get into crisis and those who have been on this earth long enough know no one gets out of this life unscathed. We all go through crisis at certain times. But if we can face that crisis with a sense of groundedness, we'll be all right. If we can go through that crisis knowing that God is with us, knowing that God protects us from nothing but sustains us in everything, we'll be all right. And we'll even be able to be joyful in the midst of the crisis. Not a joy that is a happy face joy, but a joy that says, I know it's going to be okay because God is with me. That's the kind of faithfulness that the birds can't pluck up. And the weeds can't choke out. 
and that grow deep in the soil of God's grace. Friends, thank you in this congregation for supporting the youth and adults who went to Rise this week, who went up to Friendship New York, which um, is a very poor section of Upper New York. I'm going to invite the Rise team to come and stand here and to share reflections about your experience at Rise. And as you listen to these stories, listen to how God sowed seeds of faith in this group and how God sowed seeds of faith through this group to our neighbors in Friendship New York. Friends, don't be bashful. Just step up here and share some stories. All right. First of all, I would like to thank the congregation for the financial support you gave us in our fundraisers and for all the prayers that you gave us this week. We have brought everybody back in one piece. <laughs> Always a good thing. So in addition to people you see here, we had 13 youth go up this year and three college students were on the staff team, five adults in the work teams. Pastor Jeff was there, and a big thank you to Dave and Becky Meyer, who are in the big picture rise for making this possible for all these youth to do good this week. We had a challenging week. It was a muddy week. I think we have a picture up here, or maybe we don't. It was a very muddy week, a very challenging week, and this group met these challenges with determination, with hard work, with compassion for their neighbors, and a lot of grace. I'm going to turn it over to a couple of our seniors here who are going to kick us off and tell us about their teams. All right, so this was my second year on RISE, and we had a really great project this year. Um, we were working on, our homeowner's name was Janet, and she, was, she had issues with mobility, so she was mostly getting around in a wheelchair. Uh, so she had a ramp that was known as the Great Adventure Ramp because it was very steep and difficult to navigate. So we tore out that ramp, but it wasn't quite as easy as that because while we were building the new ramp, there had to be some way for her to get out. So rather than simply removing that ramp, we had to put it into place where it could still be usable, which added quite a bit of work. Um, so then we went on to build up a 40-foot ramp for her to be able to safely get in and out of her home. Um, with a little bit of help from her grandson, one of 20, 21, one of 21 grandchildren she has, Patrick, uh, who was really an amazing, amazing person. Um, someone else wants to talk. So this is also my second year on Rise, and unfortunately my last, but um, I was on the opposite team of Nate, the second team we had, and our project was to do trailer skirting around the bottom of a trailer, which is basically just some type of material to keep the cold and like critters out. Um, from underneath the trailer and going in I thought this was going to be really easy just like hold it up nail it in but turned out that we had to build frames that fit perfectly between the bottom of the trailer and the ground which was uneven all the way around the trailer so that took three days of our time and then we had to take steel and fit it up to the frames and screw it in so it was um, secure and on top of that we also had some stairs to build uh, just stairs down from a door, and then we had a more complicated like platform with stairs down from another door, which we replaced the door too. So 
Going into this project, I thought it wasn't going to be a lot of work, but it turned out that it took up all the time we had. Um, and our homeowner was Anthony, well, Anthony and Sandy, but we bonded the most with Anthony because he was more um, able-bodied, and he came out every day from the first day. Um, we ate lunch with him, talked to him. While some people worked, other people would be having deep conversations with him, and he really just loved to share his knowledge. He was an American Indian, and he knew a lot about like natural medicines and cool things from the past. Um, and the reason we were doing our project was because his previous trailer had burnt down in a fire. So he had all these things from the fire, like um, cool knives and like his old swords um, from when he used to be a ninja, which was really cool. Um, that he liked to share with us. He, he had like old books. He gave a really nice original copy of a book to Shelley Rack, which was really nice of him. It was probably or going to be worth a lot of money. Uh, and he just really wanted to share with us. He gifted us some of his like old cool knives that he had that survived the fire. And it was just really awesome uh, being able to talk with him and learn more about his really interesting life. And I could tell that him and his wife really appreciated what he did for us and or what we did for him. <laughs> uh, but he also did things for us too. So it was really a great experience. So um, even though RISE is as much uh, it is about the service, sometimes um, it is also dealing with people because obviously you are building and you know you have lots of staff that are coming in and out of your projects and you have many different opinions that you're dealing with and trying to manage that. And um, one of the challenges that we had is um, we have the, the work coordinator who um, oversees all the project, his name's Al, and um, he has a very intense personality and he has a very specific way that things like to get done. And so um, he goes around to all the sites, and so sometimes he comes on your jobs, and he's, you know, he sees that things aren't getting done. And so um, this was more for the team that was working on the super ramp. He was coming because we did have a very complex ramp. He was on our site a lot, and basically, our main challenge was, you know, you know, trying to get to know him and, you know, being working with him. And I know he was a little more um, unfamiliar with us at the beginning of the week, but then eventually, by the end of the week, you know, he's joking on the work site and was. A lot more use so you know sometimes even the service is equally as important as dealing with other people I just got one thing and I see that uh, Dave and Becky are in the uh, in the audience here so I just want to say thank you to Dave and Becky Meyer for all of the great work that they do putting this thing together. We couldn't do any of that without uh, these guys and the RISE staff. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, I kind of lost my voice, but um, you know, we, we generalize a lot about millennials in our society and media and uh, These kids are amazing, unbelievable. They were hard workers, <clears throat> um, thoughtful, um, not on their phones most of the time. <laughs> um, but they, when they were on their phones, they were creating community within a community, checking in with other work sites, and far exceeding the kind of communication we old folks could use by just simply calling. So. 
Yeah. You should be extremely proud of every kid up here. By the way, Steve was a rookie this year, and we think he's coming back. Although he lost his voice because of putting an in insulation underneath the trailer. So, most likely a lot of fiberglass in you there, buddy. Anyone else want to share something? I would just say there's a thousand other stories up here that we could tell you. So hopefully you'll come and individually talk to everybody after the service. So I want to give you a gift. It's a gift from the hardware store in Belmont, New York. There were, one day I rode with the staff and Dave and Becky and I rode around looking for, was it T30 nails, T30 screws? T30 screws. T30 screws. <laughs> and everybody in the county was sold out. We went into a hardware store, nobody had them, but we were in the Belmont store and I, I was looking for seeds because I knew we would be engaging this text on the parable of the sower and, and I saw some flowers called forget-me-nots and I thought that's what we're getting because there's something God showed you this week that you must not forget. It's probably different for each one of you but there's something important. Um, you know, we, we Christians and we Methodists have a hard time with people of different theologies sometimes. Our theologies divide us, but our mission unites us. What we discovered this week is we all have different theologies, different ways of understanding God, but our mission, which was to care for our neighbor, united us. And in so doing, God sowed seeds in us, and God sowed seeds of love through us. So I have a seed taped, and we have one for everybody here, a seed of a forget-me-not flower on this home that was found on a wall in an orphanage that was run by Mother Teresa in Calcutta. And I share this with you as a word of encouragement. Someone said, why do you go out and put a ramp on one house when there are a thousand houses that are just as needy and in need of repair, what difference does it make? Well, it made a difference to Anthony, and it made a difference to Janet, and it made a difference to their families. This is a word of encouragement to keep doing what you're doing. The church needs you to do what you're doing, and the world needs you to do what you're doing more than just a week at Rise. And friends, we don't have to go to Friendship New York to help a neighbor in need. So perhaps this word of encouragement is for all of us. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway.
Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. May the seeds that God has sown in you this week continue to grow and bear fruit. And may the seeds of love and compassion and care for neighbor that you sowed in the name of Christ continue to grow in Friendship New York and in all of the friendships that God leads you to. Can we give thanks for this group of missionaries? Thanks.